Pure Wow presents Stream On, your weekly download of TV and streaming news and reviews. And now, your hosts, Phil Mutz, Pure Wow's VP of News and Entertainment, and Rachel Golmi, Pure Wow's Operations Director of Branded Content. Oh my gosh, Rachel. Hello. Oh my gosh, Phil. I'm so excited about uh, this We Effie. have such <laughs> an exciting episode today. Um, you guys, we have two very special guests, our very good friends, Rachel and Roberta. Uh, hello, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. You guys are goodness. so in sync. I, I love this. Oh my gosh. Uh, so obviously everybody out there knows this, but if you didn't, Rachel and Roberta are the incredible co-hosts of uh, Pure Wow's very own Royally Obsessed podcast. Uh, you both know this. I love the Royals so much. So I'm very excited that you can both be here today to chat with us. Um, we're going to get to a brand new Royal film on HBO a little bit later in the episode. But yeah, so you guys are just going to kind of hang out with us. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, I, I love this. Yeah, we can't wait. And I just always miss being in the office with Phil because now we work remotely and Phil and I would just be across the aisle and we could, or across the table and we could always chat about the Royals. I know. We're talking about shows, the Royals. I know. Oh my gosh. I still slack you. Thank goodness. I know. But but I miss, I miss the in-person. It's not the same. I'm with you. I know. Um, Well, we didn't prepare you for, uh, you know, our hits or misses, but please chime in. Uh, You know, if you got a hit or a miss, throw it out there. We need your show recommendations, but because we have so much to get to, we're going to dive right in. We've got a deep, dark look at Princess Diana. The teen dramedy I'm hooked on. Hunger Games prequel casting news. And a much needed update on the White Lotus season two. Can we interrupt and just talk about White Lotus? I saw her burn yeah, face. Oh, <laughs> oh absolutely. We'll get there. We must we'll talk about White Lotus. <laughs> Let's get to the news. This just in. This week's streaming news. Move over Annalise Keating. Viola Davis is tackling a new role, and this time she's the villain. The official Instagram account of the Hunger Games prequel film, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, just revealed Davis will be playing the role of Dr. Volumnia Gall, a.k.a. the evil game maker of the 10th annual Hunger Games. The film hits theaters in November of 2023. Bert, this one's for you. <laughs> Fans of HBO's hit new series, The White Lotus, should not expect the same turn of events in its upcoming second season. Executive producer David Bernad told The Hollywood Reporter, quote, it's a completely different idea. Season two is very specific to Sicily and the issues that are going on. But overall, he says it feels the same in DNA. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Calling all Prince William lookalikes, according to the website Casting Talent, Netflix's The Crown is seeking an actor ages 18 to 35 to play the Duke. The ad said, quote, we are looking for a strong physical resemblance, but apparently no previous acting experience is required. <laughs> I know. Maybe like some shots from afar or something like I mean, that? I mean, I'm not sure. Yeah, it could be that they. it's just all about the look. Um, or maybe they're just leaning into they want somebody who's just a natural and they don't have to have previous experience. I'm not mm-hmm. sure which. I know. I'm so curious how they're going to extend beyond season five because that wasn't the plan, right, Roberta? I don't think so. Yeah, I think it was all the way to five and then they would end. But now it's into the modern. It'll like kind of get into the 2010s, maybe. Yeah, we're getting we're going to get some Kate. Yeah, they definitely are casting Kate. And it's it's interesting because they, they were going to just like you said, do season five, but they split it up because they were like, we're not going to extend later. We're just going, there's just so much story to tell for this chunk that like right. we're going to break it into two, which yeah, is great. Exactly. I know. I love Imelda Staunton and everything. So I'm happy about mm, all of this. Can't Very wait. exciting. 
Get ready to add another cooking show to your queue. Amazon Prime Video has given the green light to Dr. Seuss Baking Challenge, which premieres this winter. Host Tamara Mowry Housley will task America's best bakers with challenges centered around Seuss characters and stories. For Phil's sake, let's just hope it's better than Is It Cake. I can't. I promise I wouldn't talk about it. You brought it up, not me. What okay. is it? Cake? I Am I not allowed oh, to? Oh, Rachel. I don't know. Let's just not even. It well, was maybe my... we should move to the next thing. Oh my gosh. It, it, we'll it, talk it, later. It's on Netflix. You, if you really want to know, or listen to our episode about uh, the misses of the year so far. Okay. Or listen to every episode because okay. it's been mentioned in almost every episode. <laughs> so, Roberta, before we get into the hits, I know we have so much to get to, but I know that when we used to work together on the news team you were like our go-to person for game of thrones and the prequel series is coming out this week house of the dragon on hbo uh it drops this sunday what are your thoughts are you excited phil also shout out to the golden days of news i know know. um (laughs) oh my gosh i'm so excited i've actually been prepping for sunday and this is kind of weird but my boyfriend and i've been watching youtube videos about game of thrones seasons one through seven eight and so we've been like kind of immersing ourselves in that world i cannot wait to see this i'm so excited i actually forgot that it was coming out on Sunday. It came so quickly because I remember I when the trailer said August, I was like, oh my God, that's so far away. <laughs> and here we are. And a little bit of the the crown crossover because it's Matt Smith as yeah. one of the leading mm-hmm. characters. So mm-hmm. shout out to the crown as well. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see him with uh, like the Targaryen silver blonde hair. Yeah, so <laughs> the good. wig is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, oh. we're going to have to revisit after Sunday because I need to know your thoughts. I'm very excited about this. I will come back on. I Thank would you. love okay. it. Yeah. A standing okay. invitation. This is great. Okay, please. <laughs> you know how much I love TV. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's the funny thing on Royally Obsessed is Roberta and I like always at the beginning need to like yeah. commandeer it for like five minutes to talk about our favorite TV picks. And we're like, move it along, move it along. But we are. that's why we feel that's so the most welcome. Fun part. So yeah. happy oh. to be here. There's so much TV to talk about. I love it. Um, we will obviously, hopefully next week, put this in our hit segment. But until then, uh, here are our hits of this week. The hits of the week. So Rachel, do you want to dive right in with your hit? I know sure. we got to fly through these so we can get to our okay. special segment. Okay. Okay. Hopefully we'll match up so we can go quick. But oh, uh, yeah, so I have two. One of mine is Never Have I Ever on Netflix. Season mm. three just dropped. Yes. It is such a cute little show. Um, for it's So it's about a first generation Indian American teenage girl who loses her dad. And she's kind of just going through all of that. She wants to ha- like be popular at school. She wants a boyfriend. Drama, drama, drama. <laughs> but it's so good. And it's based on Mindy Kaling's um, teenage year. She's the co-creator, which I love. And it stars Maitreyi Ramakrishnan. She plays Davy. She's the main character. And she is so great in this role. It's just such a cute, sweet, oddish show that's somewhat realistic about high school but but it's just such a fun little watch and i and i'm really bummed with you. oh do you like do you like it Phil? oh yeah I'm, I, I was nervous i was gonna be honest. no no I, this has the same amazing humor that sex lies of college girls has obviously yes. also mindy kaling but like i just love that i mean it's actually funny without being annoying you know like so yeah. many of those high school shows you're like oh you're just trying so hard and these are this is not i don't think uh, sex lives of college girls is either um, it's like a fine line for that humor, especially when you're a grown ass man watching a show about <laughs> high schoolers, you know, it's, it's, it's not for everybody, you know, but I, I really enjoy it too. 
I love that it's narrated by John McEnroe. It like it that just adds to it another element. The you know famous tennis player who had that breakdown on the court. It like that hearing him like talk at his as Davies inner monologue is just the best. I'm like this grown man just narrating like a Gen Z high school student is amazing. I agree, Rach. I feel like that is one of my favorite details is John McEnroe. But that show is just absolute gold. Mindy Kaling is amazing. She has such the right touch with all these shows and Secret Lives. No, Sex Lives of College Girls is incredible. Yeah, she's on fire right now. Seems like she has so much going on. Well, I also had two hits and that was one of them. So I'm glad because I want to talk about it, obviously, with season three coming out. So we're a match. Um, But the other hit that I have is also Netflix and a very different show. Um, It's called I Just Killed My Dad. That's my Um, other one, too. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, my God. Has this ever happened before? (laughs) We're usually not uh, we're usually not a match, but I like this. Um, so this is a three episode docuseries um, about a teenager, Anthony Temple, who shot and killed his dad. Um, and it seems like it should be an open and shut case. But obviously, there's more to the story because this is true crime. And otherwise, why would we be watching? So there's like a lot of questions like, you know, why doesn't he know what year he was born? Why can't he remember his own address? What happened to his mother? There's all these things that are just very strange about what seems like it should be an open and shut case. And those all come out over the course of this three episode series. And what I love about it is it's serious and it's heavy, but it's not dark and creepy. Um, It doesn't feel like spooky. It's just like it's, it's kind of like making a murderer in that sense, where what I really like about that is I'd be like, oh, no, they totally did it. And then the next episode, I'd be like, oh, no, no, they didn't do it. That They didn't do it. Uh, you know, it, and then like you just go back and forth. And I really it has that kind of feel to it where you're like, well, this kid should clearly go to jail. And then you're like, no, no, the, there's the backstory. There's so much other stuff going on. And they're like, oh, no. And it, I love that. It's kind of leaving it up to you quite a bit to figure out how you should feel about this. And obviously, it's complicated and complex. It's only three episodes? Yeah, it's yeah. very short. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, and the episodes themselves, which I personally like, I only watched the first episode, but it was a half hour. And I feel like with true crime shows, it is very rare to get something that's yeah. under an hour. So right. I was like, oh, I'm going to fly through this. I only ended up watching the first. But it was... it. Also, this happened in 2019. And I was watching it with my husband and I said, Kevin, and I said... Like, how did we not ever hear about this? This wasn't like in the 90s. And then he was like, well, COVID happened. And I was like, well, not in 2019. And then he's like, yeah, but as it was probably unfolding, like everything with the pep. So maybe that's why. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. it is a wild story. And I feel like in the last five minutes of the first episode. Oh, that twist. There's a twist. No spoilers. (laughs) But there's a good twist that takes you into a whole different path for episode two. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so not intrigued. Yeah, I'm I did adding not see it to my watch list. Yeah, me right too. Now. It's yeah, really if good. you like true crime and it's not like spooky scary, I, I just killed my dad. Um so <laughs> Rachel, did you ha- not me, the show. <laughs> no, did you I know, Rachel, I know. <laughs> did you have any misses this week? Misses of the week. I did not. And I feel like I haven't had a miss oh. in a really long time. So I guess that's good. But then at the same time, I feel like there has to be something that I don't like. I got, You're watching I got, all good content. I, I, have, I just know myself content. and I'm just picking the best stuff. Well, I have one quick miss and I'm hesitant to share it, but I'm going to because that's what we do here. Uh, and it's Indian matchmaking on Netflix. And I, I'm sad about it because I really liked season one. Um, okay. And I thought like the whole concept is like Seema, who is Mumbai's top matchmaker. She tries to help young Indian singles find a mate. And 
I, what I liked about it is it was an interesting twist on, obviously there's this tradition of a matchmaker, but she's super interested in them clicking and finding love and like it not just being a like assigned match, you know, and it was, it's about, it's essentially a dating show, you know, she matches them, but then they go on dates to see if they like each other. And I really liked that for uh, season one, but it just feels like episode two, maybe it's either lost its novelty or it's lost the charm, but they brought back you know, the people from season one, which I feel like is doing it a disservice. So we're, I, I kind of, the whole fun of it was watching new people try to meet other people. And yeah. I care less about the evolving storyline of the individuals. Like to me, this isn't the kind of show where I'm like latching on to somebody long-term, but they're kind of trying to do that. So, you know, a miss for me, but people will still likely watch it. It's in the top 10 on Netflix. Um, I just, for me, it's run its course. I just, I don't think I want to watch anymore. But if you haven't seen it before, you should check out season one because that would be on my hit list. Were we doing this back when that came out? Wait, wait. Speaking of matchmaking, Phil, I meant to bring this up last week and then I forgot. I, this was a hit, but the season finale of season two of F Boy Island, woof. If you haven't watched it yet, we need to talk about it when you do watch it because I don't want to spoil it. But oh my God, it was so good. Really? I haven't gotten to the yes. finale. Rachel okay, and Roberta, this there. is F Boy Island is like one of my like if you like The Bachelorette, uh, this is okay. way better than that. Uh, this and now is like, I'm obsessed it's so with it. I've never even heard of it. It's so good. Oh my God. It's, it's on so HBO. Good. Yeah, it's okay. really good. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. my little list going. Rachel, can I have your miss and talk about something that disappointed me? Can I? Yeah. What? Oh my gosh. I'll take over Rachel's miss with, um, I'm really hoping it gets better, but season four, episode one of What We Do in the Shadows, I was so disappointed. I didn't think it was that funny. And actually the past few seasons I've thought were not as funny as the first two. So What We Do in the Shadows is reminder that show about the vampires that live in Staten Island. And it's normally hilarious. It's Tika Watiti. And I don't know, season four is not getting as many laughs. So we'll see. I'm I'm still in the very beginning. So I'm hoping it kind of picks up. But oh, that's, that's such a bummer. I love season I really one so much. Oh, yeah, that's good. Well, that's good. I love that you wanted to do a miss and not a hit, but we'll take <laughs> I know. it. Well, I do have a hit, but I, I feel like it's too long. Well, my hit would be Vengeance by BJ Novak, but it's not on oh, streaming yet. Okay. But if you guys oh. wait and watch it on streaming, it's so good. Actually, no, so I think good. it just dropped. Up. Well, it's on demand, I guess. But that, that's oh, not the watch same as streaming. it immediately. Drop everything. Don't do work the rest of the day. Like, seriously, I mean, it's John so John Mayer's good. in it, so you have my, I'm sold. Yeah, because I, I, love, I love it. <laughs> I forgot about that. (laughs) Okay, cool. cool. I didn't have a miss, but I have a theater-friendly hit really quickly, but it's not current. Is that allowed if it's not current? I just finished it this week. We'll allow it. (laughs) It's it's something that my hair colorist recommended to me, and I feel like, Phil, you're going to appreciate this so hard. Younger with Sutton Foster. Oh, did you ever uh, watch that? Yes, yes. I I loved Younger. Oh, you did? I never saw it. Oh okay. my God, I missed it when it was on and I didn't even realize it ended. The last season yeah. was in 2021. So you talk about these pandemic blurs, right? Like I did not know I had to do all this background reading afterward, but I am just, I fell in love. I talked to Roberta about it so much. There was actually a royal tie-in because Daphne from Bridgerton has a huge yes. arc in the final few yeah. seasons, which yeah. I was like, oh, Interesting. What? But it is, I mean, just feel good. The cast is it's phenomenal. So Sutton good. Foster saves every awkward, like Hillary anything Duff. that would feel cheesy. She handles, yeah, Hillary Duff. Yeah, it's so just good. I watched joy. that show from the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I know. I've, I watched seven seasons in about six weeks. Oh, my wow. God. Oh, my God. Right. Oh my That's God. dedication. Well, I have this thing with Matt where I'll be like, I'm going to bed in like five minutes. And then I come up like four hours later. And I don't get <laughs> it. Me and too. Then, and, and then he just looks at you. He's like Sutton Foster again. And like, he's like asleep. <laughs> and then 
then sometimes I say, I'm like, oh, I was up a lot with Finn last night. I need to sleep in. But it was really, I was watching <laughs> Yonker. Wait, that is actually wow. a That's a confession right there. Yeah, right? I know. He can't oh ever God. hear this. Okay, sorry. I love that. Not current, No apologies. That's a great recommendation. I can't, yeah. I mean, the fact that you binged all of that so quickly means it clearly is good. So uh, thank you for that that share. But Phil, uh, you haven't watched? I just want to- No, and I, I know, oh, and I love Sutton yeah, Foster. So, okay, it. all right, I'll it's watch it. It's really good. It's really good. Because, you know, we, talk, we talked about the music man. Obviously, she's so good in it on Broadway right now. Uh, I will watch her do anything. So Me I will too. definitely watch Younger. And this brings us to our special segment, which is Documentary Spotlight. <laughs> documentary Spotlight. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, we love usually spend a lot of the episode just laughing at <laughs> Just our, laughing at the music. I, love I really like That's that incredible. one. That's the mood. Yeah. 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 Um, so obviously, uh, we teased this earlier, but uh, our special guests and friends are here to talk about The Princess, the new documentary on HBO. And uh, I can't wait to dive into this conversation and hear everything you have to say. But fun fact, uh, the film's director, Ed Perkins, was on the latest episode of Royally Obsessed. Uh, so everyone should check that out uh, for even more on this uh, this film. Um, okay, I'll let one of you or both of you take it away. What were your thoughts on this really intimate look at Princess Diana? Rachel, you want to kick it off? Well, I was just going to say, I think just to dive right in, what was very interesting for both Roberta and I was that obviously we are coming off a year where there were so many tellings of Diana's story. We had Spencer. We had obviously The Crown. There was the Diana musical that shall not be mentioned, but there were just, it was very much Diana was, you know, a big presence all fictional or fictionalized portrayals. Um, But this in particular was so unique, The Princess, because it really flips the script on the voyeur, the spectator's role in Diana's life and what we kind of created with all of our consumption of everything going on. You know, we just needed every single detail, which fed the paparazzi, which fed the tabloid interest. And did we ultimately have, I guess the question is, did we ultimately have a hand in her death? Yeah. I mean, one of the most telling parts for me is actually in the first like 15 seconds of the film because you get to see um, these, you know, normal people going about their business. They're actually on holiday in Paris and they're driving their car and they see the Ritz and they stop their car and they say, oh my gosh, something's happening here. There's crowds of people outside. Must be a celebrity. Let's go check it out. Lo and behold, Diana is walking out of the Ritz and there's motorcycles everywhere. There's cars everywhere. She's rushing. She's trying to avoid the cameras. And then it cuts. And you just get these chills. Like, was that the night that she died? Was that the When you see the, the paparazzi, crash? like, kind of trail the yep, car. Exactly. Okay, that's it's what I was just, thinking. That's the whole vibe of the movie is you kind of feel like you're a voyeur in, in all of this and seeing it just through clips edited together in the right timeline. It's like the crown, but real life footage. Yeah, I I guess I didn't realize that that opening clip. I assumed that it was the night that she died, and it, like it was kind of connected, but maybe maybe it's not confirmed that it was. It that, was the but, night she died. Oh, it was. It was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That same birth. That opening scene. I was just like, this is it. Like it was weird. It was a very. I felt yeah. um, uncomfortable. Is not the right word. But it, it, yeah, I guess I guess uneasy, uncomfortable. It was just weird. It was very eerie. It's like to, an emotional roller to coaster. See that. They're blasting yeah. like club music in the car, and they're having a good time. And then all of a sudden, you're like, the dread sets in of, oh no, this is the time and place that this horrible, tragic happening occurred. I also felt weird about a lot of the Charles remarks that we get to see on camera mm. that are we yeah. know about all of these, but it's like. 
well, I'm not a sock puppet. Why don't you just ask her? Like it just is, it makes you feel really, really bad for her. And, and yeah. there's so many instances like that too that just add up. Rachel, there was one with skiing that we were like, what is he saying? Yeah, I think in general, I was just so struck by what we kind of knew, what everyone, I won't say we, us, but like we weren't there. We were not the same generation and we weren't those paparazzi cameramen but it definitely there's enough asides off camera like when Diana's at the Taj Mahal and it's like she's alone but and the cameramen are saying something like what do you think she's thinking about probably the state of her marriage like people were very aware and yet they kept really you know leading her to I don't want to say the slaughter but it was like all the just continually getting in her face at all these details like kind of really puts into the spotlight the questions about privacy and what royals but ultimately celebrities are entitled to well i think that's a yeah. good point yeah. too and I, I think like obviously we always think about the paparazzi killed diana you know in a in like a literal way but i mean even the things that they were reporting on like you hear the voiceovers i wrote down a couple of the quotes that like were real news reports like her uncle vouched for her virginity another one i was, know oh my Lady god diana has lost weight and it was just like mm. uh, like just it's so gross that like these are reporters and this is what they're talking about and like Calling so her loony. They yes. said loony's out to lunch. There was multiple times. Oh, it was it just, so bad. The mental so health upsetting. stuff is really terrifying. Too. Like, how yeah. does this not destroy a person? Like, obviously, they literally chased her off the road, but they also, I mean, they destroyed her with, like, all, all, all of this. So she was just set up to fail. And it's we we, we know this from all these fictionalized, you know, you know, retellings. But, like, it's it's fascinating to see it play out in real time, like, like, Princess Anne's reaction to uh, oh, her giving birth, and she's like, "Oh, she had a baby. <sighs> I don't care." You know what I mean? Cold, it's very cold, so hearted. cold. And I was like, "Wow, everyone just hated Diana." Like it's just fascinating, and which is interesting because it's contrasted with like the public that was like, "She's the people's princess," and, and like that's that's how I remember her, you know. And then to see this dark side of everything, it's just so fascinating. I think you're so right, Phil. And I I feel like if you're not also uncomfortable as a viewer watching this, then you're probably not watching it right because it also turns the lens on all of us like our need for more of diana pictures everywhere like it's it's like also the public where there's those talk shows and they show everyone giving their opinion about diana and they're like leave her alone it's like but you're buying the papers every day with her on the cover like you know that right like that's the whole point well i think it also i felt really uncomfortable watching the documentary and i think that that is a lot of the point, like Roberta said, but I think, you know, on this week's episode of Royally Obsessed, Roberta and I also talk a lot about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's security, which is really top of, you know, top headlines right now. And we, there's a lot of parallels to that because we equally, we consume news about him and Meghan nonstop. They're the subject of so many threats. There's the horrible paparazzi treatment and tabloid treatment. But I just am like, are we going to see history repeat? There's a lot of things we need to set up those things. I don't want I just think that the princess is so enlightening to our role in all of this. And it's not just the royals. Like, I think the bigger arc is about celebrity in general. Yeah. And I think that's what Ed Perkins said. He said, like, I did feel, like, kind of weird about what was happening in the news in the modern day while making this film. Because it does have a lot of echoes and a lot of parallels. Of course, you can draw what you want from the film yourself. But it it's kind of weird to see Diana's son and his wife being reflected back at you in some of this. Yeah, I think the whole thing that I think is really crazy is that there, through this documentary, you realize how... Um, n- not human the royal family members are like just the scenes especially from the funeral i like actually got teary-eyed just 
I, I've seen photos and obviously I've seen videos and stuff, but just at the end of this entire documentary, like it just like really hit home. And just when the queen, I, I don't, it's just, I, it's just baffling to me, like how stoic they are. And even the boys, like Prince William and Prince Harry shaking all these people's hands and like they just lost their mother. Like I, I, that to me, I was just like, oh my God, I can't even handle this, especially being a mom now. And Oh, like I, I, ugh, it gets me, it gets me angry too. I'm like, don't you have feelings? And I know that's like technically their job, I guess, but. Ugh. Well, I think Harry and William have both spoken so openly about that, about how they weren't really, everyone was around them, especially Harry talked to Oprah about how he was surrounded by people that were allowed to cry and he wasn't. And I think that the, the mental health implications of that and what that role is are really tragic and traumatic and they're still unpacking a lot of that. It's horrible. I yeah, I really can't even imagine. I also, which I guess was naive of me, but I didn't realize how young she was when I, I had no idea that she was thirty six. For some reason, I think because she entered the whole like royal life being so young, I kind of just assumed that she was much older than she was. I know that doesn't really make sense, but when I found out that she was only thirty six, I was like, oh my god, wait, what? Like that is so young, so young. Yeah. Prince Charles talking about in their engagement interview when she he's talking about how they met when she was 16 and how jolly and bouncy yeah. she was. It's like, oh, well, it is creepy. 16. It is creepy that they asked that question. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. they were like, so what was it like the first time you saw her? And he was like, he leads with, well, she was 16. And you're like, oh, Ugh. God, this yeah. is it. Yeah. Um, I had a yeah. quick question for you two and your thoughts on. So obviously, you know, Prince William spoke out, a, like, I guess it was last year being like, I don't think that this. Princess Diana interview that I, that notorious interview um, is Martin Bashir, uh, the BBC interview should ever be aired ever again anywhere. And there is a clip that does you know, appear in this. Uh, and the, the, the filmmakers spoke out being like, you know, we just included this because this is historical record. This is part of this, you know. Um, but there was a, a little bit of like, I don't want to say backlash, but that is it is notice notable that Prince William's wishes were that his mother not be portrayed or seen in this interview ever again and not give any more credence to it. Did you have thoughts on that? Do you feel like it shouldn't have been included or do you feel like it was done in a tasteful, okay way? I mean, I know that they are supposed to be including it for journalistic purposes only and only small sections of it is what is now allowed by the BBC. Um, I think that that is too harsh. I think it, it is something that Diana has said that she stood by the interview and said what she said in the interview. And I think that it should be allowed to be played again. Um, what do you think, Rachel? Yeah, I think that she was manipulated into giving that interview, but it, to me, it doesn't change what she said. I think that she had a lot of clarity of mind. I think William's statement about not airing it is problematic because I do think it's part of the historical record and it's almost a way of silencing his mother's truth ultimately. Yeah, that's actually a good point. So in terms of filmmaking, do we do we recommend this film? Like, obviously, like we've just talked about a bunch of heavy things, but from a streaming perspective, like, should people watch this? Like, who should watch this? Like, who is this for? I think absolutely recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you will learn anything new. And that's even if you're not like a super fan of the Royals. Like, I don't think that you'll take away being like, there's this big revelation I just learned. But I do think it's something that, is fascinating and will hold your attention and two hours will go by like that. And see, I kind of almost disagree with that because really? I feel like 
it made me so reflective on my own role in it. And I felt mm. like I did learn some stuff that was new in terms of how much the media was aware throughout. Like that, the mm. off-camera stuff yeah. was so surprising to me. But I think I also have this, you know, appetite. And I think that the world has this appetite to just continually learn more about Diana. And it's a very limited time capsule that we can continue to learn. You know, we're always un trying to better understand this, her life when it's been 25 years since she passed away. And it's, I guess for me, maybe there was that level of interest, but I, I really felt like it was a new, totally unique perspective. A must yeah. watch. A must, a must watch. I also feel we talked about this with the staircase and um, Elizabeth Holmes and and that there's 500 million stories being told about all of these. Obviously, there's so many about Diana and from the interview that you guys had with Ed Perkins. I appreciated that he said that he wanted to tell the story in a different way that hasn't been told before. And even though it is using footage that's like obviously existed, it is a different story and it's a different look at it. And I yeah, I appreciated that. I, I don't think I I don't think anyone can obviously ever realize like what it was like for her, but watching all that stuff back, it's especially now in 2022, it's baffling that this is even acceptable or got away with. And on camera, it's so clear, like how distressed she was and seeing that all back. I don't even understand how nothing could have been done about it. Maybe they just, obviously they turned a blind eye and cold shoulder, but yeah, it's, 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 just, a it's really sad. Tragedy. It's yeah, so it's, sad. I mean, it really is a tragedy. And I think, you know, there's so many echoes of today. Like, I feel like when you hear the Archbishop of Canterbury giving the wedding speech and he's like, here is the stuff of which fairy tales are made. It just it gives you chills. And I think the there's a scene of Prince Charles telling William to look through a camera and he says, yes. look at those people. They're trapped. Trapped. Like, like, I just feel you. like, oh, yeah. oh, gosh. Like, turn the camera it's, around. <laughs> it's worth a watch. Let's for leave it the there. Audience. Yeah. This has been so great. Um, we're not saying goodbye yet. We have one tiny little segment that we always end with. Feel free to casually participate or not because you didn't prepare anything. But it is What We Learned. What We Learned. I learned that I have a lot more feelings about Princess Diana than I thought I did. I learned, and I, I didn't really learn this. I knew this before. But that Roberta and Rachel know more about the royals than literally anyone else alive. Oh, duh, come duh. at me. Please come oh, at me. Oh, you're too kind. You're I, too kind. I relearned it today. I learned that I need to watch F-Boy Island on HBO. <laughs> yes, yes, Chloe. That is a good one. That is a good I wrote it on my post-it note. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good one. I guess I learned I need to definitely watch Younger because I've heard yes. about it so many times Also now. a good one. <laughs> Okay, everybody watch Younger, and then we'll all come back and we Your can talk about it. Your heart will swell. It's just yes. good fun. It is good fun. Well, a quick reminder to obviously check out the, the podcast, Royally Obsessed, especially this week's episode featuring the director of The Princess, Rachel and Roberta. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been so much fun. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you for having us, you guys. Of course. We'll see you all next week. That's it for Stream On. Follow us on Instagram at shows and at PureWow. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Stream On is a Pure Wow and Gallery Media Group production. <laughs>